That's graceful closure until the night's gone. Good morning. You're listening to Risenstein, an extended version on Victory 91.5 as Ray Haynes continues teaching today on Rosh Hashanah, which began last night at sundown, continues until tomorrow night sundown. Everything he's been talking about is posted at victory.radio. Just click on the word blog at the top of the website, and you can also click on the link on the Risenstein Facebook page. There, There is a difference between how end times is looked at in Jewish traditions Sure. And in Christian traditions. It's a pretty significant difference, too. Of course, remember, the Jews don't have Jesus. They don't have a Messiah. They don't have a temple. They can't make sacrifices. And so for them, they're always trying to figure out a way <laughs> to make themselves right because they can't follow the word to do it and they can't follow Jesus to do it. So they're trying this 10 days for them is a repentance with a hope that they can get uh, their names written in the book of life. And obviously, that's... um. That's really difficult because it doesn't work, and so it is. It's a. It's a. It's like bearing a really heavy weight. So that's why we really need to pray for everyone, but especially for the Jews, because. Well, I tell you what, when you discover Jesus, uh, what a change. What a what a laying down of an unnecessary weight you spend your whole lifetime mm-hmm. just trying to. Uh, you know, it's like pleasing an overbearing parent. You know, it's just suddenly going wait. I don't have to please you, right? It's that revelation. So we have two more breaks, this one and one more. We're going to wrap up the end times. This is, it is very heavy in the sense that uh, the end times is difficult to understand, but it is interesting, the connection between what they kind of have right a little bit, but, and how that links to what's really going to happen, because kind of what they've done is they've based it on prophecy. So they're right, but where they've left out Jesus, obviously they're wrong. So all of the end time events were written about by Old Testament prophets. So the Jews have traditions or beliefs about how it plays out just like Christians do. And you may or may not have any clue because it is it is complicated. But the Feast of Trumpets, Yom Teruah, is seen as a day of judgment. And it's not the day of judgment or the final judgment. It's just a day of judgment. It's when God evaluates our deeds to determine whether he'll write our name in the book of life for the coming year. I should tell you, the month before that just ended is called Elul. And it means the king is in the field mm-hmm. and he's come to examine your deeds. And so that whole month, every day, a trumpet goes off to remind you, examine your deeds. The king is, when he means he's in the field, <laughs> for those of us who don't work in a field, he's in our field, he's in the radio station, he's in your business, he's in your home, he's examining, he's mm-hmm. looking. So their concept for the whole month is, you know, straighten up, straighten up, straighten up. And then they get to Rosh Hashanah. So, according to Jewish tradition, three books are open before God in heaven. One book for the absolutely wicked, second book for the perfectly righteous, the third book is for those who aren't perfectly evil or perfectly good. (laughs) Catch everybody there. They believe people then have 10 days of awe to do good deeds to merit being placed in the book of life for the coming year. All right, obviously, not not so true. But compare that with the book of Revelation now. The millennium is kicked off when Satan is bound, right? The martyrs are raised in the first resurrection to rule with Jesus. Everyone else waits for the second resurrection. So now I assume because though for us to be to die, to be out of the body is to be with Christ. I assume that we're in paradise and in, in heaven in the garden of, with God. 
And, and so that is as close as we're going to get to literally being in a grave. Our bodies will still be there, but we won't have resurrected bodies like the martyrs when they're raised to rule on the earth. So my take again. But here's the similarities. In both scenarios, the wicked are destroyed by God's judgment. Yep. The perfectly righteous, in our case the martyrs in Revelation, receive special reward. Those who aren't perfectly evil or perfectly good, well, here's what happens. The Jews believe they have 10 days to repent. Prophetic scriptures clearly say that non-martyrs will be on the earth during the millennium. It's because they didn't take the mark of the beast. They're not Christians. They didn't follow Jesus. They didn't take the mark of the beast because they're trying to obey Jesus. They're simply, you know, they're politically or for whatever reason, they're just not going to take that mark. So their motivation could be anything, but they refuse. So most of these will likely be destroyed in the last battle, but nonetheless, they're the ones that you see on the earth. The average righteous, which would be your non-martyrs, just your average Christian, are sleeping, so likely in paradise, not on the earth, during the millennium. Now, I know that's probably confusing, but there's no way to not make that confusing. It just is, it's kind of veiled and hidden. So just kind of read through that and think through it and think through it and you'll and eventually, hopefully it'll make some sense. But we're invited to celebrate the Feast of Trumpets to make sure we're ready. Because, you know, the, the greatest goal is to encounter Jesus. Mm-hmm. There are two words for feast in scripture, all right? This is the Feast of Trumpets. Uh, ha, which means to sacrifice and eat a meal, and Moed, which means an appointment. Leviticus 23, these are the feasts, that word is appointments, of the Lord, holy convocations, basically like a dress rehearsal, which you shall proclaim at their appointed times. So in other words, God has set these appointments for us, and, and we should keep the appointment. It's for a reason. The Feast of Trumpets is also known as Yom Teruah, which literally means the day of blowing or the sounding of the shofar. This is the day when the shofar is blown during the service, a hundred times, remember. They're blown in a set pattern of three different sounds, three times each for a total of nine blasts. This series of patterns repeated 11 times, total of 99, and then the 100th blast is set apart, and it's, of course, known as the last trump. So, not speaking of the president. It is the last trump, which we talk about the end times. So, Leviticus 23, speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. Which, again, that's dress rehearsal. Now, this Hebrew word of blowing trumpets, again, teruah, it's a battle cry, clangor of trumpets, an alarm. And again, we're getting ready for the end. So 1 Thessalonians 4, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, that's the word teruah, the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, again, a teruah, the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Referring to Psalm 47, and then jump on that one, God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with a sound of a trumpet. So the Hebrew word for shout here is teruah. The word trumpet is shofar, and it's not a man-made trumpet or its sound. Psalm 89, blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. Hear the Hebrew word for sound also, teruah. Teruah is why we want to hear and be able to know and discern the sound of the shofar on Yom Teruah. It's all about learning to hear the voice of God for ourselves. You run into a pretty, I think, frightening verse in 1 Thessalonians 5. The day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. 
For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. So, again, you're talking the thief. Who gets stolen? The alive church on fire for him. Those who are serving, loving, and wise, the bride of Christ. They get taken. Who's the thief leaving behind for judgment? The dead church, the lukewarm mm. church, the evil servant, the foolish virgins, those living in darkness. Wow. Rosh Hashanah begins what's known as the 10 days of awe until Yom Kippur, the day of judgment. We know God will judge every man, woman, and child for every word, thought, and deed they've had. No one misses that divine appointment, and that's why we keep this appointment. We've got one more break to talk about how God enables us to change. Th those are two huge thoughts mm -hmm. that leaving behind for judgment will be the lukewarm. Yeah. It's tough. And, and and the going through the motions and the, well, I've been a Christian my whole life, so I guess I am. You know, and, go ahead. there's a verse in Revelation, you know, you talk about the, the lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth, mm -hmm. yeah. right? And that's people who have never gotten hot. They yeah. just didn't, they didn't continue. Yep. They just stayed right there. So mm -hmm. you don't come to Jesus and stay where you are. You've got to catch fire. And we'll be judged for every word mm. and thought. How'd you, like to, how'd you like to have a tape recorder around your neck for your entire life? <coughs> and on that day, hey, remember what you said here? Remember what you thought? Whoa. Wow. That's even worse. Mm. Yeah. You really thought that about South Carolina fans? <laughs> 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 yes, Lord, I did. <laughs> Foundation problem.